0: Hi, I'm Garrett, and this is the College Football Flyover. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and I'm not talking about Christmas. I'm talking about college football, week two. It's in the history books. It was a wild day. I got to watch most of it. And let's start off talking about the Gators. UT Martin rolls on down into Gainesville where they got their butts handed to them, 45 to nothing. You know, of course, everybody knew that was going to happen. I had predicted 500 points scored by the Gators, so we didn't quite reach that mark. So maybe next year we can make that happen. And this game was a tale of really two halves. First half was a struggle for the Gators. They couldn't really get anything going, especially on offense. Kadarius Toney goes down really early on, on a botched run play. And he fell to the sidelines, holding his wrist, his, his arm in, in pain. And so that looked, that did not look good. And he was out for the rest of the game. So everybody was like, oh no, you know, Tony's one of our amazing spark players. So the, you know, the big concern there is, what does that mean? Is he done for the season? Is it just a sprain or whatever? And then the second half of the game, we absolutely roll UT Martin. They corrected and adjusted at halftime for a lot of little mistakes here and there, and we end up rolling. And C.J. Henderson, one of our cornerbacks, gets hurt, and he was seen on the sideline with on crutches and in a, a boot. Oh, my goodness, another injury. And that's the, that's the deal with these games against lower-level teams or, or injuries. It's injury management is kind of the name of the game, but a highlight of the game was got to give it to Franks Felipe Franks going 25 of 27, which is according to ESPN, it is the highest completion percentage in Florida school history with a minimum of at least 20 passes in a game 25 for 27. So, you know, it's against UT Martin. I don't want to take anything away from Franks, but this is what we expected to happen. We expected this kind of performance from Franks and he delivered. So, well, I'm not gonna hop on the bandwagon of Franks and say, oh, he's that's it, he's figured it out. No, no, no. What what he's actually done in the offense and the gameplay calling is give us optimism for the rest of the season. So that is a huge bonus. Um, Jacob Co- Copeland came in for Tony when Tony went down, and he was at an, an absolute stud. So that was really good to see. And here's the deal. If we take some injuries on our wide receiving core or our running backs, we're going to be okay because our depth is so deep there. But our defense is paper thin. And this is what we've known all off season, especially with some of our transfers out in the offseason. Defense needs to stay healthy. And it's been reported, here it is Monday, that C.J. Henderson just had, a, had an ankle sprain. So he will be back. He'll obviously miss Kentucky. And it looks like Tony has a shoulder injury of some sort. And he's out, I think they said six to eight weeks. But we have the next man up in the wide receiver department, so we should be okay there. In fact, in the entire nation, the Gators were rated one of the highest, right behind Alabama, as the best receiving court in the entire nation. So I think we'll be okay there. It's just that defense that we need to worry about. So hopefully guys can get healthy again, especially CJ, and get back out there. But, yeah, so, you know, it was just a standard day. Mr. Two Bits was honored with decals on the helmet. That looked great. The end zones painted orange again. Hot day in the swamp. Beating a nobody team. It was great. It was it was really good. So, next week, we roll into to Kentucky, but I'll get into that in just a little bit. All right, let's take a flight around the SEC. We're going to do this in three parts. First, let's talk about the good, LSU Outguns Texas, down there in Texas. I'm pretty sure Ed Orgeron sweats gumbo. That man is the spiciest bowl of gumbo for a coach I've ever seen. That whole team. The whole team is just on fire right now. Joe Burrow. who Who is this guy? Of course, we, we, we know about Joe. But he's become a really, really good quarterback. And I think it's because Ed has kept his hands off of the program. Instead of coaching to protect a lead, they're actually coaching to win, which is kind of scary for opponents of LSU. And if they keep up this offense, I mean, it's going to be, hey, can we outscore LSU to beat them? And I don't know. that that Man, they're looking really good. The last time LSU had an offense, I don't even remember. Maybe when Nick Saban was there back in the early 2000s. I don't know. It's been a long time. So they they get a really good win in Texas. Mizzou rolls West Virginia. You know, that I think was a surprise to a lot of people after their loss at Wyoming. They go in there and just dominate West Virginia, which was good. I still think Mizzou has a really, really good team. I actually think they're better than the Gators. Justin and I in our prediction our gator prediction that we do every year before the season starts, we predict every game and what our record's gonna be. We actually had us losing to Mizzou and I still think that's true. They just sort of tripped up in Wyoming. Kind of a flute game they had going on out there. And but Mizzou absolutely lays the dominance down. South Carolina rolled to Charleston Southern. Jake Bentley went down with an injury done for the season, their quarterback, so this freshman Ryan Helsinki came in and tore it up. So maybe, maybe champs got something going there with a freshman quarterback. You know, let's just go out there and chuck the ball. You know his champs job is on the line. Hot seat. Go out there, score points. I mean, what's the worst thing to do? Fire you. Alabama rolls over New Mexico state. Obviously Auburn, Auburn played two lane. They sputtered a little bit. You know, once again, there's that mystery machine, the, the mystery van of Auburn. Struggling kind of against Tulane, I think it was 24 to nothing was the final score. Like it should be a, a 500 points to nothing. It's just a, another mystery kind of game for Auburn that we still don't know what kind of team they have. They're a big wild card in the in the West. Georgia rolls Murray State, and I I bet none of you listening know where Murray State is because I had to look it up. It's Kentucky. Yeah, but they roll them. And then of course, Mississippi State cowbells Southern miss to death. I mean, Mississippi State's rolling. Now let's talk about the bad. That was the girl. let's talk about the bad. Now, Kentucky beat Eastern Michigan, no big whoop there. So why are this why are they placed in the bad section? Terry Wilson, the quarterback, was carted off the field. He tore his knee up. He's done for this season, which is a huge bad thing. And of course, Gator's rolling in the town this coming weekend. Not looking good for the Wildcats. So I think that's going to be a pretty easy win for us up there, hopefully. Especially getting revenge after last year. So yeah, so that's the bad. And then of course the other bad is Texas A&M. When the fighting Jimbo's, they get clobbered by Clemson. I mean, it's just, go Clemson. Texas A&M, they look kind of worse than they did last year against Clemson. So... That's okay. Texas A&M is going to have a good program going. Whatever. Now let's talk about the hot garbage section. The good, the bad, the hot garbage. I think we all know where I'm going here. Tennessee, they're in versus BYU. It was the last few seconds of the game. I'm watching it live, and I literally type in my chat to Justin and Richard saying, man, I really want Tennessee to lose, but I just don't think BYU has it in the wind." Last few seconds of the game, BYU chucks a huge pass to get in the red zone. They they plug it in. Overtime, two OT. We had double OT where where Tennessee just does what Tennessee does, and they melt and they become the garbage can we talked about last week. They just love the dumpster. They love it. I mean, if If you are a volunteer fan, how do you teach your kids about the volunteers? Isn't that child abuse? I mean, let's just tear down Neyland Stadium brick by brick, grind it into a fine powder, and let's just toss it all over Knoxville. Maybe this is what it takes for Tennessee to break the curse of 1998, winning the championship. It's been nothing but terrible since then. They made some sort of blood pact where now to get back to greatness, they just have to go through rock bottom to straight despair. I mean, what is the over-under for two wins for Tennessee this year? They're 0-2. Their next opponent's Chattanooga. It's not a guaranteed win after the first two games. Then it's SEC play where they're just going to get demolished. And then later in the season, the only other game on the schedule is UAB that they possibly could win. Two wins. Two wins. If you are a Tennessee fan, you are hitting the panic button. Absolutely. Okay, that's enough bashing at Tennessee. I get lots of pleasure from it. Hopefully I can do it every week the rest of this season. One last team, two two last teams actually. Two less games in the hot garbage section. Vandy gets absolutely abused by Purdue. I'm telling you, Derek Mason, see you later, buddy. Why do you want to continue to coach at Vandy is beyond me. It's gotta be just for the money at this point. Nobody understands it. Good luck to you, Derek, because I think you're gone after this. And you should want to leave after this. And then the last game is Ole Miss and Arkansas. Who won? Nobody cares because nobody cares about either team. Both are hot garbage. And now let's take a flyby around the rest of the NCAA college football games. Michigan outlasted Army in double overtime right off. I think it was one of the a noon kickoff right off the top of the day. That was exciting. Get the day kicked off right with double overtime. I did not see... Army keeping it close with Michigan and I'm telling you Jim Harbaugh's seat getting warmer and warmer. They got to change something on offense. Colorado went into double overtime against Nebraska in a thriller of a game over Scott Frost. I actually picked Colorado win in, in my college pick 'em. Thank you very much. That was so exciting to see it. Once again, just like Tennessee, Nebraska had the game won and they just let it slip away. It makes no sense. Scott Frost, you have a wild team on your hands. And then FSU wound up winning by one point over ULM in overtime. And I believe that one point was a missed field goal by ULM. I did not watch this game because I don't want to give myself eye cancer. Who wants to watch FSU? In fact, they had a play. I I saw a gif. After the game, a short video of a quote-unquote trick play that FSU ran with a wide one wide receiver turned backwards before he motioned away. How that would trick anybody, only Willie Taggart knows in his crazy clown mind. If you haven't seen it, just go Google FSU trick play to be the first thing that comes up it's super bizarre it's just another thing coming out of fsu that is just mind numbingly stupid hopefully they were hydrated this week but man fsu they're like right there neck and neck with tennessee as straight up nuclear garbage fire dumpster it's just insane to me and then we had an exciting North Carolina over Miami. Miami goes to North Carolina, Mac, Mac Brown's squad. They took over North Carolina. They had a big win last week. This week, this was a toss-up game. North Carolina ends up winning it in the last few seconds. It was just an awesome thing to see Miami go down. There's something special brewing with North Carolina, and I think they're a dark horse over in the ACC. You know, they have this good team that Mac Brown is a coach, experienced, championship-winning coach that knows how to take talent, kind of like Spurrier did at South Carolina, and do something great with them. So if you have a chance to watch North Carolina these next few weeks, flip on over and check them out. USC whipped up on Stanford. Who cares about either team right now? I know I don't. Stupid Stanford cost me a bunch of points. I might pick them. Thanks, Stanford, for losing. And UCLA losing to San Diego State. I think Gators dodged a huge bullet there with Chip Kelly. We're very fortunate to have Dan Mullen. Hot garbage. It's kind of the theme of the day, tied to the dumpster theme. Hot garbage. Wow, UCLA. Chip, what's going on, man? If you lost the fire, are you just there for a paycheck? I don't know. I mean, there's. we'll see what it's, what it's like there in a couple of years, but it's still probably going to be terrible. And then one game that kind of flew under the radar was Les Miles in Kansas coming off a good win last week. They lost to Coastal Carolina and i don't have the score up in front of me but i believe it was something like 12 to 7 i was reading some comments from kansas fans talking kind of like tennessee fans saying they needed to shut the program down a little fact was on the sideline les miles was wearing his championship ring from lsu while coaching during this loss <laughs> i don't i don't get it But, hey, he inherited a very terrible team. It's going to take him some time, too. Or maybe they're just going to be this bad forever. All right, last note. Somehow this escaped me week one. I didn't find out about it until week two. Hugh Freeze, the disgraced former coach of Ole Miss, is now coaching Liberty. He had a staph infection that he was recovering from in the first week Liberty played Syracuse and they got waxed, but Hugh freeze was just convicted and convinced that he was going to coach no matter what. And so at Liberty stadium in the press boxes, they actually brought up a hospital bed and they put the hospital equipment in there for him to rest. And he coached from the hospital bed out the window. Just google this. If you if you miss this, google Hugh Freeze hospital bed. The picture is great. It's him laying on on the hospital bed, giving the thumbs up sign to the to the field. <laughs> I have not ever heard of anything like this. It is true commitment to your team and just absolutely ludicrous. It is perfect for college football. And that kind of brings me back to the very first statement of this podcast. This is the most wonderful time of the year. Absolutely. All not Not just for the X and O's on the field of a good team versus a good team. Or the underdog upsetting the big dog. It's all the memes that come with college football across the landscape. It's all the craziness of each fan base and the traditions of each fan base that carry on from generation to generation it is what makes this time of the year so amazing summer coming to an end the leaves changing football is everywhere it's amazing so with that signing off for week two catch you on the flip side